Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. You're already complete in Jesus. You don't need to learn anything, but you need your mind and heart full of his ways so that when he speaks to you from your spirit, it comes into agreement and you actually think it's possible and you'll go that direction. That's it. We do not act on the voice of God many times because... Number one, we're trying to religify what we think it sounds like. And then we're also not in agreement with our minds and in our hearts when he does lead us because we're so distracted by the world's input that we look at the world and then we hear God and we think, oh, that's impossible. Or we choose confusion. When it comes to the things of God, when it comes to looking inward and standing on a scripture and knowing what the truth is and then being confused about that truth because of what's going on in the outside world, that confusion is a choice. In other words, I know the Bible says this. I know that the scripture says this. I know that this is true in light of what Jesus has done for me. But I look out here and I see this. I'm confused. It's because you're living in between the two. You're double-minded. You're taking a little bit of information from the world, and you're taking a little bit of information from God, and you're mixing the two together, and you're thinking, I'm confused. I don't get it. And then depending on our background of how we see God, we'll say, well, it's God's fault. This thing in this world out here, God's not showing up. God, I need you to show up. And, you know, I, I, I so, I don't use the, I don't use the word desperate, but... You know, such an intentional focus of this place to ground you and root you and your heart in who you are already in that kingdom dimension. In fact, that's where everything that you need to experience externally will come from. But see, it's it's interesting because... You know, every now and then we get to do, I'll teach on some practical things of how to take steps. But really, more than anything, these messages are geared to change the way that you think. Because as you think in your heart, so are you. Out of your heart flow the issues of life. So I'll talk to some people sometimes and it's like, well, you know, I hear this, but then my life is like this. Or I hear these messages and it's, and it's good. And I, I don't, this is not a reactionary type of thing. I'm just wanting to be you know, help people find something to sink their teeth into. But it's difficult sometimes to transfer these spiritual realities to the real world. Not the real world, but the, the, the physical world. In other words, okay, I know that I'm righteous. I know that I'm holy. I'm willing to believe that God has only good plans for me. But how do I walk that out? How do I connect the dots? How is it that this world is happening the way that it is out here, but yet inwardly I know this, how do I connect the dots so that externally matches the internal? And really the only answer is it's by the Holy Spirit teaching you how to walk that out. <laughs> but that's, diff- that's, a diff- that's, a ch- that's a frustrating answer I can get. I understand that. Because we want the steps. We want the programs. We want, okay, well, okay, now I know this, so tell me what to do. So like I've been saying, we then engage in this pursuit of information. 
Today I want to talk about the difference between instruction and information. There's instruction and then there's information. Because we are righteous before the Father, because the blood of Christ has cleansed us, He lives within us and will manifest as wisdom for us. But wisdom is not just some spiritual information. Wisdom is an entire way of living. It's, it's living toward this world the way that God would live himself toward this world. And that's not a, that's not a, a categorization. Those, those aren't steps that you can follow because it's different in every situation. So it's like you've got this unlimited realm of God's wisdom, but we need specific illustrations or specific guidance or specific steps in situations. Sometimes we just do. It's like, okay, I know that God desires to manifest exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think according to his riches and glory in my life in every situation. And I know that the Holy Spirit was given to me to lead me and guide me into all truth, to tell me what the Father is saying, to remind me what he already taught me, and to show me things to come. I get that. That's what's happening inside of me. But I'm looking at this thing in life, and I don't know. I don't have a clue what to do. You ever felt like that? So then what we do is we start getting some, trying to find some more information. And that looks different for all of us. But wisdom is more of a teacher to your spirit and your heart to fill your mind and your heart with heaven. In other words, wisdom will help you shift your inner world so that your soul and your mind matches what's going on in heaven so that you can make decisions from that. Wisdom helps you set the heaven environment inside so that you live from that as you move toward this world. Because what we do is we let the world create our inner world and our minds and our hearts. It's like the world's going to give me some information. This is how I feel. I'm scared. I'm depressed. I'm freaking out. I'm looking at this difficulty, and it is dictating to me how I feel. Whereas wisdom will teach you how to still be realistic, look at this world, but how to shift your focus away from those external inputs to where Jesus accomplished and already conquered those things. Wisdom, more than anything, will teach your heart how to stay focused on his work, his finished work, how to behold him and experience righteousness, peace, and joy inside See, because you don't have a hope of making the right decision externally if your, inner, if your soul is not influenced by heaven. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if, you, if you're facing a chaotic situation and you need to be at peace to deal with whatever is going on out here, but inside you're walking in fear and confusion and chaos then even if you were to hear the voice of God, and you do, because your soul matches the world more than it's influenced by the kingdom, you're going to choose the way the world operates and thinks. You're going to say, oh, I feel this way inside right now, and I see this in the world, so what makes sense to me is to do it the world's way, to see it the world's way and continue on down that path and repetitive 
destruction and chaos and sin and guilt and shame and depression and all that stuff because we won't let wisdom teach us to change our inner world and then live from there. Always, always, always connect to peace before you launch out into your day to deal with the things that are difficult in your life. If you don't, you're just going to get more of the same. It's just going to compound and get worse. We want the thing out here to change before we'll feel better. Before it, it's like, God, if you would do this out here, then I could have some peace inside. God, just please remove this situation so I can have some peace. Right? And he says, you know what? I've given you my peace. And it's not going anywhere, and I'm not going to take it away. Are you going to shift your heart and allow it to be the environment of your soul? Because then that situation is going to start to look different. That's wisdom. Wisdom is going to confirm the finished work of the cross and teach you. Wisdom, more than anything, is not going to tell you what to do, but it's going to tell you how to see. Wisdom will teach you how to think and how to see more than it will teach you what to do. Instruction will teach you what to do. Does that make sense? So once you have been influenced by wisdom, which is really just Jesus manifesting, because it says that Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, sanctification, and redemption. So when you are yielded to wisdom, you're just yielded to the lordship of Jesus. It's just a different facet of how he influences you. But even if we can connect to peace, some of us just lack the practical wisdom or the instruction of what to do with the inspiration that we have. And again, back to this original statement. If you fill your mind and your heart with biblical principles, then when God speaks to you from your spirit to your heart, your mind will already be in agreement and you'll, you'll move that direction. And that's why I love all the science stuff, and I was talking about that last couple of weeks, because given the nature of the kind of beings that we are on this planet and given the nature of reality... It responds to what you believe, and it responds to your choices. We are not victims of our surroundings. We create our surroundings. Even on a quantum level, the beliefs of your heart, imagine this for a minute. Now, this could scare you, but I hope it encourages you because you can just choose to yield your heart to God and and reprogram what you're putting out there. But scientists, you know... They've studied the heart a lot. In fact, there's a book in the bookstore called Heart Math, and it goes into a lot of this kind of stuff, and it teaches about even what the physical heart does. But we know, and and there's like a mix between the physical heart and the spiritual soulish heart. You know, I don't really want to try to dissect all that right now. But your physical heart, it beats, you know, 60, 70, 80 times a minute. The Word tells us that it's with the heart that we believe unto righteousness. The heart is the seat of our being. The heart is the you that determines who and how you're going to be in this world. So just the physical heart, you think about, it beats that many times. Now, you know when you, you have an EK, is it ECG that the heart does? EKG, an electrocardiogram, I think it is. Those electrodes are not measuring the physical beat, they're measuring the electric current that your heart is putting off. I think it measures both, but it measures the electric current more than anything. Well, they've studied 
that your that electric impulse that that machine reads and you see the beat actually comes out of your out of your body there's an electromagnetic projection of every time your heart beats and they've measured it up to like 60 feet and and it may even go beyond you know they i think they just stopped at that point in other words an EKG sensitized and and set to the right settings, will pick up your heartbeat 60 feet away. Now, with the heart, man believes, and, you know, you kind of throw a little bit of philosophical freedom into this idea. If it's with the heart that you believe, and you're sending out a signal 60, 70, 80 times a minute, it's like 70 times a minute you are programming your world with your beliefs. Your heart believes with the heart. In fact, your physical heart even has more neurons than your brain does. It has more capacity for long-term memory than your brain does. Neurons store memory. That's your science lesson for the day. <clears throat> why, I mean, why is all that important? It's because we're not just subject to the input of this world. We have dominion over this planet. When, they woke, when Adam and Eve woke up, he said, subdue the world. Go into the world and, and, and subdue the world and uh, multiply and increase and gain ground and tend the garden. You know, I mean, just enjoy the planet, but gain ground. So we have to change the way that we think about this world. Even physically, this world is not just sending, is not dictating to us who we are. We should dictate to the world who we are. Filling your mind and your heart with righteousness, peace, and joy, because that is the environment of heaven, and heaven dwells within you, and then we move from that place. You know, we go through this progression as new covenant people. It's like you come to a place like this that's really just focusing on new covenant identity and the finished work of the cross. And I get a few responses. You know, one a funny, well, it's kind of funny and sad at the same time. People get angry. And they come up to me and say, why, why have I never heard this before? I can't believe that I've been to church for 40 years and my, they've never taught me this. There, that was that your experience maybe, you know, when you heard some of these preachers preaching this stuff. <clears throat> or it's you go through this process of, oh, my goodness, you mean God loves me independent from my performance? That's earth-shattering for some people. For some people it's, okay, the cross actually was an exchange where Jesus became my sin so that if I exercise faith in what he did, I receive his righteousness? You mean my righteousness is not a result of my performance? That's earth-shattering for some people because we think we have to live up to a standard of righteousness. And he says, no, I was righteous perfectly, even righteous enough to gain eternal life. Here, receive me, receive my righteousness. <clears throat> So, you know, we've talked about it, but you go, some people go through this process of learning these kinds of things and realizing, you mean, I don't have to go to church to keep God happy? I don't have to tithe to convince God to desire to bless me and prosper me? I don't have to serve in order for God to reward me or desire to bless me? And then it's like church becomes, well, I don't have to do that. I don't have to give anymore. I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. And then we kind of grow up a little bit more past that and realize, but I want to grow. I want to learn. <clears throat> Knowing now that I'm righteous and complete in him, 
we still have a responsibility to live in this world. And the same thing that he told Adam and Eve is go into the world, subdue the world, increase. And we now have the Great Commission and preach the gospel. But we focus so much on changing how we see ourselves in that spiritual dimension that it just sometimes doesn't relate to this world. It doesn't relate to the physical world. You ever found yourself kind of in that difficulty? It's like, praise God, I know all these spiritual truths now, but I kind of need some of this stuff to start changing my life around me. Wisdom, directly from the throne of God, wrapped in grace, you know. It's like there is more grace than you will ever need to empower you to live beyond your own capacities. Wisdom to help you see the world the way God sees things. Wisdom to teach your mind how to think like God thinks. And as you do, this world will respond to you accordingly. But sometimes we need instruction. In other words, the practical things of what to do. Once we see, okay, it's like I believe who I I believe the truth in this situation about who I am. I see that I don't have to deal with this circumstance. Now what do I do? And that's instruction. Where do you go for instruction? The Bible. You read you guys read when you read the Bible. I like to say that to get you thinking because it's not guilt, but honestly, if I were to ask how many people read scripture this past week, I don't want to ask that. <clears throat> That's not I'm not trying to it's not a guilt, it's not condemnation, but we, sometimes we wonder why our life looks like it does, but we're not taking the practical steps to fill our mind and our hearts with his ways of thinking. And it's like, it's like walking up to the garden hose and rebuking it for not giving us water, and all you got to do is turn the water spigot on, you know? <laughs> I mean, turning the water spigot on is, is filling your mind and your heart with God's ways. Worship the instruction of the word. Sometimes grace people, the reason I was talking about that progression of new covenant people waking up to these realities is that we just stop reading the Bible. We stop doing all the things that we used to do to gain approval from God. And so we kind of have to go back and redefine all the stuff that we used to do when we were in religion so that it's fueled from the finished work of the cross from the right perspective. And that's why we need wisdom to teach us and remind us who we are in him and then apply instruction. So I want to kind of review these two scriptures, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, because I want to, I want to, it's sad and funny at the same time because these are the response, this is the response I'll get when I touch on this topic. And you know, this is, this is a topic that a way of thinking and a way of interpreting these scriptures, to me, it looks pretty straightforward. But it's just really difficult for some people to change how they see God. Have you, have you had the conversation with people about how they quote this scripture that says, God won't put more on me than I can bear? And, and hopefully these reviewing and going over and over these two passages has helped you. But, so this is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And it, so it doesn't say that he won't put more on you than you can bear, although that's how people quote it. What it says is he won't allow you to be tempted above that which you're able, 
But when you are tempted, he'll always provide a way out so that you can endure it. So the promise is when there's temptation or when the trial comes, the promise is God will show you the way out. That's the promise. He'll show you the way out. And then some people will say, okay, yeah, well, maybe he's not doing it, but he's allowing it. Because what people will say is he's allowing these things into my life to teach me these lessons. He's allowing trials into my life. He's allowing me to lose my job. He's allowing my dog to get run over. He's allowing my grandmother to have cancer. He's allowing my children to go through substance abuse. He's allowing all these things in my life so that I will learn something. And I don't know why he's doing it, but you know, I just trust that he's going to work everything out together. And it's like you, people mix all these passages out of context and come up with this weird version of God that's just not scriptural. Now, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. Tribulation is different from trials and temptation. Tribulation is external pressure. Tribulation is not from God. Suffering and persecution are always related to you walking out your call, you standing up for the, the cause of Christ, you may be persecuted and experience suffering, but, but those are not from God, specifically meaning God is not crafting a call for you where you'll be persecuted to teach you a lesson. Do you know what I mean? Because this is what trials, this is what people say trials do is God's making, bringing difficulty to teach me these lessons. But it says, the promise is, and go to James 1.13, this says he's going to make a way out when you face that stuff. The temptation is not uncommon to you, James 1.13. Then he says, when tempted, no one should. So it says, God will not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able. And people think that that somehow also means God is doing it. But this clarifies it and says when you're tempted, when, you're, when that thing happens to you that it looks like God is allowing, when that happens, don't say that it's from God. No one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil. Neither does he tempt any man. I, I really don't know how it could be more clear than that. And you can pull that down. And the reason I'm bringing those two passages back in is because it never fails. I will say these kinds of things or, you know, it kind of happens on Facebook. I, people tend, I tend to, I don't try to post stuff or write blogs or articles or stuff that's like safe, you know what I mean? I just try to keep it gospel and Christ focused. But when I hit this type of topic, man, people show up. And here's how the answers usually come. Here's how the responses usually come. Well, but we learn in difficulty. Mm -hmm. Difficulty is a great teacher. See, because I went through this situation where I lost this and I learned a great deal. God showed up in the middle of that and I really learned. And now my life's better because I went through this difficulty and God taught me in the middle of it. And, you know, what I want to say is, uh, so, so you want to be a fool. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to look at anybody in particular. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he looking at me? Why not on purpose? When people say, I learn from difficulty and pain and trials, what you are saying is, I'm a fool. That's what the word says. 
wait a minute, but I do learn from pain and difficulty. Well, let's read the Bible. Proverbs. <laughs> Proverbs 9, 9. <clears throat> Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The Holy Spirit is constantly leading you and guiding you into all truth. He's telling you what the Father is saying. He's reminding you what He said. Huh? That's it. Yeah. And He'll show you things to come. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the teacher that is always present in every situation telling you what God would say. That means you never face any situation ever where the Holy Spirit is not present teaching you instruction ahead of time, ahead of time. It's when we don't follow that instruction that we barrel on through these difficulties and make poor choices that we then experience the pain and the trial and because we gave in to the temptation. And the temptation is usually, I'm going to do it my way rather than following instruction. And then we say, but, so I was laying flat on my back when I got my teeth kicked out because I made this decision, but God showed up in the middle of it, and so I learned, so God must have kicked me back on my back and knocked my teeth out. You know, I mean, relate it to whatever your situation is or what those situations are. People say, you know, it's like this, I've heard this story, and you may have heard it before, and this kid had a, they li- he, he, lived his, his, he lived near his grandparents, and the fire station was nearby as well. And every time they heard the fire station alarm go off, the kid would run to his grandfather's, and the grandfather would put him in the car, and they would go to where the fire was, and they'd catch up with the fire truck and watch, and watch the firemen, and watch them save lives and put the fires out. And the little boy finally one day turned to his grandfather and said, why do all these firemen keep setting these fires? That's what we think God's doing, setting the fire and then setting us free from it. No. No, he's not causing the fire. Our choices, our lack of following his instruction puts us in the middle of the tests and the trials. Remember, keep the distinction in your mind of the difference between tribulation and and, uh, persecution. Trials are self-induced, but we usually blame those on God. Because I learned, well, I learned the hard way. Well, so you want to be a fool. Because <clears throat> the wise learn from instruction. Proverbs 10.8. The wise in heart accept commands. The wise will accept the instruction and the command ahead of time. And I love this one. This is Proverbs 17.10. A rebuke impresses a discerning person more than a hundred lashes a fool. These are, this is all the same principle. The wise can receive instruction and learn. The fool, even if they get beat down a hundred times, still won't learn. And we've all been foolish. It's funny, you go through Proverbs, and so this is your homework over the next couple of weeks, is go through Proverbs and notice where it says fool and instruction 
and you be the judge. You understand what I'm saying? The point is, there are things that you are facing right now that are hard for you, that are challenging for you, that God is giving you wisdom of how to overcome, but what you lack is a little bit of instruction of how to take some steps and move forward in that area. Now, there's a difference between information and instruction. Information is just going to be stuff that fills your head but doesn't really give you any inspiration, doesn't really give you any action to move with. Information is just like you read it and you're like, okay, well, now what? Instruction is the what. Again, super simple message. Read the Bible and be willing to actually apply it to your life and take steps according to what it says. So I would say get into Proverbs. Think about it. There are areas in your life where you're having difficulties. And the way that God thinks is the way out. But we are not filling our hearts and minds with the way that God thinks. So when he speaks to our heart, it's foreign. It, it feels like, wait a minute, I, this, is, this is confusing. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Well, your issue is not a lack of understanding. Your issue is a lack of confidence in God's word that you can apply it to your life, and it will come to pass. I mean, did he not say that when you pray, if you believe, that whatever you pray, it'll come to pass? Over and over and over he said that. He said it. He said three different ways. He said, if you believe when you pray, it shall come to pass. He said, I will do it. And he said, my father will do it. I think it's very interesting that, that, that he tacked on to the end of prayer being answered three different ways. It's like he covers it all. He covers it. It's like you can't blame it on God. You can't blame it on Jesus. And you can't blame it on natural circumstances because if you believe, it will come to pass. I will do it. God will do it. It covers everything. You're telling me I don't have enough faith. You know, it's just really not about that. It's a confidence issue. You know, whatever it is that you're facing, I mean, this is such a basic message, but I think that we forget that we can go and find instruction. And it, it may be, maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's debt. Maybe it's a particular kind of issue that you're dealing with. You know, I read these books that, that um, stuff that I might have used to deal with, or, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to read this book, and it's going to help me be able to minister to other people. And then I read it, and I'm like, dang, this is helping me. Like, I was reading this book on chemically the way addiction works in your mind and your, your brain, thinking that, that I'm going to be able to help people you know, with different addictions, and you read it, and you're like, we have addictions to unhealthy thought patterns. We have addictions to, un or, I mean, we have addictions to forgetfulness. We have addictions to inactivity. Just the way that we think. The way that we think, it's an addiction. An addiction feels like something that you can't conquer, but it's been ingrained to you, your natural way of doing things. Religion is a, is a vaccine. It gets us addicted to performance, and it gets us addicted to blaming God and thinking God is out there rather than taking the time to discipline our hearts and our minds to be full of him so that we will allow ourselves to be led by him. 
So for you, it might be take a course, read a book. But then again, don't make the pursuit of the instruction a pursuit of information, thinking that you're going to read this book and it's going to solve your problems. You know, only you can be the judge of how, of how you're looking at it. If you're looking at this thing that you're trying to pursue to gain instruction as the source that's going to help you get out of it, put it down, don't read the book. But if you're realizing and you've, 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 you've committed this area to God and you are confident in him toward whatever that area that it is and you are willing to walk out his leading, but you just feel like, oh, there's something, there's something there. You know, I'm not lacking something. I know God's not withholding. I know I'm not, you know, it's not a, it's not a knowledge thing. It's just maybe outside there's something that I'm doing wrong with the way that I'm managing my finances or the way that I'm talking to my wife or the way that I'm dealing with whatever. And you can just make little adjustments outside, even based on biblical principles, and it just, it just happens. It just opens the door. You know, I wish I could make it more practical than that. This is not about let me go in, let me identify my problem, let me go into the Word do something, and then God will work for me. That's not what I'm talking about. You have to start from the place of recognizing that you are complete in Him. But there's, sometimes there's just steps you got to take. Maybe it's a business idea, and you got to read and learn and develop yourself a little bit more on how to grow in that area. Because sometimes I've seen grace people get a hold of this information and then sit back and say, all right, God, I'm just waiting for your favor to magically make something happen for me. Well, if your heart and mind aren't in agreement with what his favor might actually be trying to develop into your life, you won't see it. You know, his favor might look like work for you. And work, for some reason, has become a bad word for grace people. It's like, work? But I'm free from the law. We are created unto good works. The law puts you in a place where you are free from dead works, but you are created unto good works. I mean the righteousness of God. Grace puts you in a place where you're free from dead works, but created unto good works. Well, for you, a good work might be do a little bit of study into this area and grow. And if you can't identify it, ask the people around you because they probably know that, you know what, you could probably do a little bit better job in this area. Be nice. Be kind about it. But we can ask each other. (laughs) Knowing who you are, knowing that you're accepted, but what is the instruction that I can apply to move past in this area, you know? Not looking at it as a dead work, not looking at it as trying to earn something from God, but just God gave me this mind and this heart to live in this planet. I'm going to do what I can to make sure I'm in agreement in my thoughts with what it is that he might say to me in my heart. So I'm not limiting him anymore. I want my filter, my physical carnal mind to be more in agreement with God than the circumstances. And then you just remain patient. Then you just stand and trust and watch and see the salvation of the Lord established in your life. 
Yeah, but I want it to happen. Somebody, I was pr talking to somebody afterward, and we were talking about these kinds of things, about learning these concepts, and she says, I want a microwave. I mean, she was, you know, making fun of herself. I want to cook with a microwave. I want this stuff to happen, just grow, just instantly. You know, it's God, I don't, there are some questions that I have for God. I tend to think idealistically sometimes. It's like, God, if you said it, then we should just have it. What's the problem? But I was, I was thinking about the garden. And because, you know, sometimes we have trouble with the idea that God knew ahead of time that the world would be in the condition that it's in, but he created it anyway and gave us the, the, the freedom to create such chaos. And he knew that it would happen, but he did it anyway. You ever struggled with that? I was thinking about that. And it's like he had to create a way to, that would produce free will children out of it. Even because Satanists will do, Luciferians will do, Luciferians have infiltrated religion and the church is responding to Luciferian doctrine. Luciferian doctrine says God's a chess player in heaven and even the tree in the garden of in the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is just God messing with mankind. He could have just gone ahead and give mankind all the knowledge and information. See, it's, it sets, rather than dealing with the freedom factor, it starts dealing with the opportunity for temptation. That's where Lucifer wants you focused. That's where Satan wants you focused. There's a way from the freedom aspect onto the thing that causes the problem that really is your own issue that has caused the problem. So it's like God created this way that out of it would be birthed free will children that could live with him forever and the rest perish that don't receive that free will, that don't receive that, that don't take advantage of the opportunity to receive him freely. You know, it's, it's not like God created this world as a test and set the thing, said it. He had to do it that way in order for us to have a chance at even choosing to, you know, receive him. I wrote some things down this morning that is actually better, better than what I, how I explained it just then. But, man, you know, God's not the source of our problem. He's not the source of our pain, and he's not the one withholding the information. We have dominion. And your responsibility, not to earn, but is to, you know, discipline your mind. That doesn't mean you have to be able to chapter and verse everything, but conceptually, are you washing your thoughts with how he thinks? Are you making time for that? Are you making time to renew your mind with the way that he thinks, or are you just living your life hoping that one day it's going to be different? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be yielded to you. And if this is your decision, just, just take this to heart today. God, I don't want to live by default. I don't want to settle with knowing spiritually that you've already done everything and just wait. 
I want to take action in the areas that I can. I want to take, I want to be willing to take steps on this side, Lord, so that I'm lining up this world in my thoughts and in my heart and in my mind with what's true spiritually. That I'm taking the time to discipline the ways that I think to be in agreement with the way that you think. And then once that happens, your kingdom just begins to manifest. You're seeking to establish your blessing. You are bigger than my heart, but I want to take the action where I can. I I want to take responsibility for what's legally mine to do so, not trying to earn things from you, but just reflecting your glory, lining myself up with your truth. Lord, teach me to speak the truth. Teach me, teach my heart to see the world through your promises. He's telling some of you guys, time to quit complaining. He's telling some of us, it's, it's, it's time to quit flirting with depression. I know that stuff's challenging to hear, but it's a choice. Either the kingdom of heaven resides within you in its fullness or it doesn't. Where's your focus going to be? There is no condemnation. There is no guilt. There is no shame. There is only encouragement because he has good plans. Father, we thank you. We give you the praise and the honor. Did you take that to heart? Please don't walk out feeling heavy. Like, oh, man, now I feel like I'm not doing enough. That's not the point. You're not doing enough. That's fine. Your acceptance with him is not based on that anyway. So this is not about doing. You understand? This is not about now I'm going to get into this works mode to try to get this stuff to work. That's not the point here. Always start from a place of acceptance within him and your completeness within him. You're just going to tweak the way that you think, and that might mean you invest in yourself a little bit. Live a life of continually investing in yourself that's in agreement with what Jesus has already done within you. Amen?